0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So, so, good morning, and, well, in the words of, uh, what was it, on the, the Truman Show. Good morning, good evening, and good night, something like that. So, <laughs> Truman Show was good. That's a good show to go over and uh, get a lot of Ibn Arabi insights. <laughs> it's quite amazing. It's like Inception, very, uh, very strong. <laughs> so we're waiting for one more I think uh, I've got to uh, make Marta a co-host when she gets here, but uh, maybe we'll just dive in um, and then remind me to make her co-host later so she can have access to her mic. Okay. So, okay. Let me just go ahead and... So now all is muted and, and... and Aisha, if you could unmute your mic and, and then get us beginning with the, the Fatiha, insha'Allah. i okay.
1: a'udhu <laughs> billahi minash ash-shaytani r-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim.
2: Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Maliki yawm al na'budu wa iyaka nasta'eem. Ehidina Sirot al Mustakim Sirot al Ladina and Amta alay him. Hail Mahdu be alay him while I
0: mean. Thank you. Okay. Um, all right. So let's look at our first slide, and I think we'll have. Uh, Omar, if he could go ahead right away, uh, he can he'll be giving us the the Arabic and then uh, the translation that that we've come up with and he's come up with. Uh, oh.
3: just to say that Martha's here. So oh, good. If you
0: want to go ahead. Andrea. Okay, well, let me go ahead and do that. Good thanks. Yeah, we'll get all these things worked out. Um, there she is. She is uncharacteristically non-Swiss today. And <laughs> because as you know, Swiss and German, 15 minutes early, but she made it, so that's good. All right, so, <laughs> so she's, oh
3: she's being Italianized.
0: She's
3: being Italianized, okay. and that's good too. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh Bismillah rahman rahim والرب أسفل منكم ولو تواعدتم لختلفتم في الميعاد ولكن ليقضي الله أمرا كان مفعولا ليهلك من هلك عن بينة وَيُحْيِي من حي عن بينة وَإِنَّ الله لسميع عَلِيمٌ So you are on the near side while they are on the far side and the mount is below you. And had you set an appointment, you would have missed it. But so that Allah may accomplish a matter already done, that the perished he caused to perish would be upon evidence, and the living he gives life to would be upon evidence. Allah
0: is all hearing, all knowing. Okay. Yeah, so this, uh, as we were discovering when we were talking about this is, uh, very, very intricate. I mean, all of the Quran is going to be intricate, but this just kind of shocked, shocked me and shocked us because uh, uh, we didn't expect this part to be quite so intricate, but it certainly is. Ibn Arabi uh, is alluding to it with his poem and looking at the near side and the far side, so the hither side and the farthermost side. And so the side which is dunya, so dunya means the side that is closest to you. And so dunya is that the world that's close to us, and then akhirah is the other world. And so even though uh, it's the next world, it's the one right next to the dunya. So this uh, imagery is coming up, the near side and the far side. <coughs> And then the idea of something that's maf'ul, something that's already been done, and so uh, if you were to try to arrange this situation, uh, it wouldn't have worked. And this is uh, we we this is when on the path. This is something where where we. people on the path to light in, and that's how things happen which uh, cannot be planned. And we were just talking about that last night, uh, about someone who was traveling in the middle of the night in a a featureless area to try to come to someone's house, um, and taking all these unmarked roads, and and then yet, in a few hours, coming to the right place. So it's just quite amazing. Um, And years ago, I was in correspondence with Nicholas Nassim Talib, who wrote about the Black Swan, just fascinating person, and he was mentioning this um, this sort of spiritual training or riada or training or exercise, where you would every time you come to a fork in the road, you flip a coin, and what this does is it helps you locate in you when this when you're the 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 overseeing part of you, the soul of you, is telling you to do something. And then, so flipping the coin sees whether you're doing this for your own reasons or for some other reason, or did you have a plan in the back of your head and so on. So it's very fascinating to watch how we make decisions. And this also ties then into this free will. And, uh, and do, I, do I have free will or am I working on one, uh, uh, let's see, necessitated uh, uh, event after another? And so flipping this coin is a way of, of understanding how that works. Um, and also, the, in the area of dreams, uh, the difference between a daydream, we call it a daydream, and then a, another kind of dream. So a daydream is when you are cobbling together and putting together images, uh, but you're directing those images. You're the one who's creating them. So, uh, so the daydream is, what, is what's coming out. And the other kind are when they're given. And then this ties in also, we, uh, Ibn Arabi loves to, to uh, look back at the situation when, when God speaks on the tongue of his slave, God hears the one who praises him. Samia Allahu liman hamida. God hears the one who praises him. So this is something that, that the words were not cobbled together by himself, but uh, they were they were given to him, and so he spoke up, you know, spontaneously, uh, and says, "God uh, praises the one who uh, who hears the one who praises him." So this is this is something else inside this verse. Another inside this verse is this beyanah, and "beyna" is this um, is clarification, and it's the it's the process of taking butter and when you, uh, you boil the butter and you scrape off the froth, the foam, and you keep scraping off the foam until what's left is clarified butter, is ghee. So this is very, uh, this imagery of making ghee is very much in Ibn Arabi's mind when he's speaking about the Quranic bayana, this clarification, it's separating things. So when you separate things, you see clearly. So this is, this is somewhat like the, the analytical, when you cut something with the sword, um, that, that is a way of separating things so that they can be clarified. So now let's see how Ibn Arabi works and alludes to this verse. So he's saying, by the true dream of the greats, the true ones, but the associate of the opposite, the lie, do not trust the veracity of his dream. The sharp blade of truth, at the farther side is the liar's alighting place. And his opposite is the truth. And opposite him is the hither side of the world. So in the verse, you have, you have this ziddahu, zidahu, you know, opposite, opposite. And it's, I've had to put the parentheses in there for us to follow what these opposite opposites are. Um, and of course, opposite, opposite, negative, negative, a negative by times a negative is a positive. All of this is inside what Ibn Arabi is trying to have us see so the farther side and the hither side so this one the hither side is the dunya and then this other side is the is is opposites the farther side and then he just boom puts this in here she is prophethood so this is nabuat except she falls short of abrogating any law so that is a prophecy which does not bring a law and yet she is at a high step level And yet this is an important thing called prophecy. So I saw swords unsheathed to fall upon the lower self. So the lower self is uh, in the Yalahis, we sing, uh, lose your head before love's flashing swords. And this is Abu Madian said, there's no one in the garden who has an ounce or a sesame seed worth of ego or arrogance and so you lose your head so and love makes you lose your ego makes you lose your head so these flashing swords of love cut off this i'm the boss so in arabic you have rice the head so you have this you're the headman. <coughs> cut off that head cut off that being the headman. Um, and so then you are in a state where then you enter into the garden <clears throat> So I saw swords unsheathed to fall upon the lower self. And in my hand, a sword for guidance drawn near. So this drawn near is Adana, means made dunya, made close to me. So the sword and the sword, the one swords, and these are, I guess, the plural swords. The many swords are there to keep uh, falling upon the lower self, to keep keep hitting at the arrogance of uh, I am somebody. So that one, you have to have lots of swords. And the other sword, you just need the one sword, guidance. <laughs> That's the sword of guidance. So I never abandoned her. So this goes all the way back up to Nabuat, to prophethood. I never abandoned her as an entity nor as an effect by means of that sword, not in the next world nor in this one. So here we go. The, this, this prophecy, Nabuat, which doesn't bring a law, is never abandoned by Ibn Anabi. As an entity, something that works and as an effect, something that does something and has an effect by means of that sword. So having the sort of guidance, he's able then to uh, navigate in this world and the next world. So the next world and in this one. So, and so that's a, it's interesting how he puts those two together like that. So this is this is quite an amazing poem that I you know did when I first translated I just I just kind of translate the words and then I come back to it and I say oh this is something and then later on I say oh this is even more something so it just keeps going with the with the futa hat so okay let me check this next one so and then I just this slide was from last week and uh, I don't want to be. you know, saying that you didn't pay attention, but just everyone, you really need to see that this is quite amazing. <laughs> so how many years have I wondered what the heck is this 146th part of prophecy? 146. I mean, because he gives these ratios and, and these are ones that I sit with for years, but this ratio, well, then he said, oh, it's quite clear. And he said, Aisha said, the first thing that messenger of God, Sallallahu Alaihi was initiated with was the revelation by vision. So this is Ruya, that you see the dream. And he did not see a vision except she emerged like the breaking of dawn. So when the first ray of light comes, everything is, is released, and uh, this, this dream comes, this vision comes. And she is the dream vision that God left for the Muslims, and she is one of the parts of prophethood of Nabuwat. So then we have, nothing remains after me a prophethood, except the good tidings, mubasharat. And mubasharat, mubashar and bashar and bashara. all of these words, are when your, your skin takes on uh, a new uh, shade. So, uh, and that's when you, get, uh, you can get flustered or you can get delighted, and your skin takes on a slightly different shade. That different shade is called mubashara and so it's a, it's a kind of a, a tingling goodness and they ask and what are the good tidings being very good to ask what are the definitions what are these things o rasulullah and he said the integrated dream so Saleh here is integrated and salih is uh, integration is means that things are put together in a in a particular way if you think about politically or socially Uh, In the US, they talk about melting pot. Yeah, that's been a fail. (laughs) Uh, In Canada, I think they talk about mosaic. So in a mosaic, you would have each piece uh, makes up this bigger picture. And, but for me, if you ask me what the most interesting social arrangement metaphor is, it's Saleh, which in Arabic is Masaleh, which is Masala in the subcontinent, Masala. So, masala in the subcontinent is when all of the pieces come together and so you put and masala is never, there's no formula, there's no recipe for masala. It's, you put a little bit of ginger, a little bit of of this and that and, and some cinnamon and some cardamom and all of these things. And when you're eating this delicious masala, you know, oh, there's the ginger. But it doesn't taste just like ginger, it tastes different because of what's around it. And the ginger then gives its flavor to what's around it. So not only do you not lose anyone. So every individual is there. Every individual is better than they were alone. So this is amazing how an individual becomes better by being in a community. So that's Masala. So that is the Saleh dream. It's when all of the parts of you come together and they're working as a whole. And the integrated person sees her. The Saleh person sees this dream, or she is seen for another. So this is when you dream, but it's for someone else. So you dream for someone else. She is one of the 46 parts of prophethood. So the prophethood took place over 23 years, 23 years is 46 half years. And the first of the first half year, the first six months was the Ruya, this dream vision that Aisha said that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had. And then the rest of those parts are all these different sorts of revelation. And he got all of the different types of revelation. We don't have access to those, we have access to this one. And this one is one of the 46 half years of prophecy. Now, one of the things that this that what dream teaches us is that we see that the meaning is is not um, in a in a sense it's not in the thing itself. The thing itself is a skeleton, and it's clothed with meaning. And in the same way, a letter is a, is, a, is a shallow, hollow shell, a skeleton, until it's breathed into. So if I have a, a letter that goes like this, it's like an L, until I say la, until I give it the vocalization ah, I can't say la. So there's, there's no letter that doesn't have its vocalization, its life. And the story that Ibn Arabi tells, he tells about uh, when Moses it has, this, has the staff, which turn into snakes, and the magicians make snakes, and the snakes are eating up the staffs, and the whole thing is going on, telling us that things are not only the way we see them. So we see this as a staff. Well, it could also be a snake. And Ibn Arabi is saying, it's neither a stick, nor is it a snake. It's, a, it's an entity which can be clothed as a stick, and clothed as a, as a snake. So this is the, the story of Ulam, who said, the knowledge of the column, so he was turning this marble carbon into gold before everyone, and then he turned it back into marble. The knowledge of the column is more panoramic, so it's a, a more vast vantage point than what you are seeing. Therefore, be characterized by knowledge." So knowledge is what tells you which it is or what it is, and that it's neither one of those things essentially, its essence is something else, is a single entity. Thus he taught them that the entities do not alter. So the iron is the skeleton does not alter. And this is what is truly correct. That is, the stone does not go back to being gold because this core, so as with our bodies, can accept heat and you say about it, it is hot. So my body can become hot, and so it is hot. So when God wants to clothe this gem core with the visible image of gold, he strips away from it the image of stone and he clothes it now as gold. So this entity is closed as stone or closed as gold. So the gem core of the column and the organic body, which was stone, is now gold, just as the hotness of heat may be stripped off the body and it is not closed in coldness, it is now closed in coldness and becomes cold. The hot entity did not alter into cold, but the body, now cold, is simply itself, unaltered. It is what is now heated. So the entities have not altered. So, and this is how the, when we go into dreams, we see someone, and that someone can be clothed in all sorts of figures. It can, that person can look so many different ways, and yet we say, oh, that's that person. And so this is something that the dream world teaches us, that when we're looking at this uh, movie of life, um, these pixels are there. And the pixels are taking on different colors and different forms. And so we're seeing, oh, there is, a, there is this. Here's a picnic that's, that's being had. Here's someone with a bonnet. Here's someone with an umbrella. Um, that umbrella is pixels, which are happen to be colored a certain way to make a picture of a umbrella. So this is how we are reacting in, in this world. And we think that it's only in the dream world, but it's actually both worlds work this way. And this, uh, the, the, both the value of, of nabu'at, of prophethood, um, is something that's called the cloak of prophecy. And that is, and so uh, Ibn Abi will explain that, so even though we have this part of prophethood, um, generally his people don't use the word nabi or prophet for themselves. So he says they don't call themselves prophets, um, but they are using prophethood. They have access to prophethood. So that's another reason it's called the cloak of prophecy, because we're not telling people, oh, look, here's a prophet. We're saying, oh, look, here's someone who had a true dream. And we all know that means that's part of prophethood. So now we can, if we could sing this, "Ilahi,
4: Mind is love." soul is love path is love goal is love sharia cut ways to know ways to love ma cut marifat to be reality haki cut marifat pure reality High of light, deep in me, beyond all form, beyond all creed. Heart of light within my heart, sultan of love, holy king. Dervish lover crying aloud, lost in ecstasy. Dervish lover wrapped
0: within the cloak of prophecy. Okay, the cloak of prophecy. And now, um, um, I think, uh, Marta, you'll be reading this for us?
5: Whoever interprets the dream vision sees a, a formidable matter and clarified for you is what you do not perceive in any other perspective. This is why messenger of God used to, when he got up in the morning among his companions, he would ask them, have any of you seen a dream? You see, the dream vision is prophethood. And he used to love to see her among his mother community. But the people today are in the utmost of ignorance about this step level of prophethood, which the messenger of God used to be so concerned for, asking every day about her. And the ignorant ones in this time period of mine, when they they hear about some matter that occurred while asleep, they do not bother to raise their heads and say, He wants to make judgments based on dreams. This is just imagination, and what's that? It's only a dream. Thus, they ridicule the dream seers when they rely on dreams. This, all of it, is due to their ignorance of the dream's true station, and their ignorance that, in fact, while they were awake and functioning, actually, they are in a dream because the people are asleep. And in his sleep, this ignorant person is actually in a dream in a dream. It is like someone who sees that he's awake while he's sleeping, while he's actually asleep. And it is in his statement, the people are asleep. And is there a stranger, more wondrous prophetic report The truths, as they truly are, have been thus clarified, and shown to be magnificent, is what the intellect always coming up short ridicules. Yes, this does not originate except from the tremendous, and he is the true.
0: Thank you. Yeah. So this. So Ibn Arabi is. It so it's so heartening, I guess, to to have him say that these problems are the same problems he's been having. Oh, look at all these people talking about their dreams, looking at dreams, and these crazy Sufis, madmen on the mountains, and so on. So it's not a new thing that we've had this experience. <laughs> okay. And so, uh, in a sense, to 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 one last chance to try to ex- to talk to the people who are asleep. Um, uh, Ibn Arabi, when he quotes these hadith here, he has the long chain of hadith. So it's hadasana, hadasana, hadasana. So w- these ABC were told as a hadith, that ABC were told as a hadith, that AB was told as a hadith, that ABC and D were told as a hadith, that Abu Hurairah said, that must God said, boom. And so he has this whole page, just of. A- all of this chain of transmission. So he's telling that you people who are really asleep um, and you keep thinking we're crazy for the dream, but well, I'm gonna tell you that the dream is what you're supposed to be listening to and I'm going to convince you using your own Hadith science, which you have said you accept. So part of this hadith science is that these are then authentic reports in the chain of transmission, as well as in their context, um, and as well as for the people who can dream, they see that it's true from that level as well. When the end period nears, there will hardly be a dream vision of the Muslim which is false, and the most truthful of you in dream vision will be the most truthful of you in speaking. So this is the person who speaks as an integration, an integrated speech. So integrated speech is when you speak, what you see is what you get, you speak what you do, all of these things. And that person will then be the one who has the best dream visions as well, the clearest thing, most clarified dream visions. And the dream vision of the Muslim is one of 46 parts of Prophet, and the dream vision is threefold. There is the integrated dream vision, which is a good tidings from God, which we just saw, and the dream vision from the grief making of Satan, and a dream vision which the man speaks out to himself. So that's self talk. Uh, in a sense, it's the fantasy or daydream. So when one of you sees something he dislikes, let him stand up and let him spit it out and not say anything to the people. So this process of spitting it out is to is to dislodge the dream from becoming reality. So that first verse that we saw way up on slide one, maful, the thing that's been done, so that something, so by spitting it out, the thing that's been linked together unlinks and then becomes undone. And then from Abu Qatada, uh, from messenger of God, wa when one of you sees something he dislikes, let him spit out from his left side three times, and let him take refuge in God from its evil. Then it will not harm him. And in the hadith which is authentic from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi indeed the dream vision of the Muslim is on the leg of the bird, so held on the on the claws. As long as he does not say it, as long as you don't speak it out. When he speaks it, it falls down and comes to pass. So the, one, the moment you speak it, it it's, it's released, and then it falls down, and "waqa" is falling down, but also means coming to pass. So the Arabic imagery here is that when something comes to pass, it has fallen down. So in a sense, it's, it's been drifting along, and then it falls down and comes to pass. So that's how the spitting it to the side and not speaking of it, the bird carries it off. And then it's interesting, the bird, tayr, is casting lots and a bird. So, so it's, both, it's both the same thing. It's casting a lot, uh, like, like casting a lot, and then it's a bird. So it's both of these things. So it's, it's really these amazing, these polysemous or these multiple meaning words. So learn that, that God has an angel in charge of the vision called Spirit. And he is below the sky of this world. And in his hand are the image forms of the bodily spirits, which the sleepers perceive while asleep to themselves and others, and image forms which rise newly from these forms, that is, existent beings. So we talked about the daydream is when you cobble together things. So a daydream is when I put together images in the way I'd like to see them. And that putting them together is called, we'll call that a daydream. The other dream is when the spirit gives you. So do you see how this is revelation? How this is prophethood? Because a spirit comes and gives you something, gives you these images. And spirit, ruh, of course, the ruh alamin, which is Gabriel, the way Gabriel brings a revelation in some same way, the spirit brings you these images, which are the true dream. So it's a it's a revelation, it's a the mechanism is revelation. So when human beings sleep, or if you are someone of the unseen, or someone annihilated, or with the faculty of perception, able to perceive on things behind the veil, the sensory things do not conceal you while awake from the perception of what is in the hand of this angel. That is the image forms he is presenting. So the the spirit comes, the angel comes, presents you with images. And if you are asleep and having a true dream, you will receive those images in your dream faculty. And when you wake up, if you remember it, you've remembered what the Spirit gave you. Or if you're someone of the unseen, the people of the Raib of the unseen, who can see things that are unseen to everyone else. Or someone annihilated. So annihilated here is that Fana, and that means the head has been cut off, and there's no ego, no arrogance. This person has annihilated, and so they can see while they're awake what the Spirit is bringing, the images. Or with the faculty of perception able to see beyond the veil. So uh, later on we'll look at we'll look at um, uh, a passage uh, about so. This, but this brings up you know, Ibn Arabi sees these things, and it's it's interesting because he always like the, he tells his 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 father when his father was on his deathbed the father was going in and out of death. In fact, they were saying they, didn't, they weren't sure when he died or if he had died. Uh, they said, the pulse told us that he was dead, but the glow on his face told us that he was alive. So this was, he was going in and out of death. And, uh, and one of the things that he says to Ibn Arabi, the father says, he says, um, all those things you used to tell me that I didn't believe, I see now that they are true. <laughs> So all the things Ibn Arabi had been seeing about where we go when we die, uh, he had had these near-death experiences. The father had, and was coming back and saying, "Everything you told me that I didn't believe, it is true. It's the way you saw it." So Ibn Arabi sees these things, uh, and yet he always tells us in every chapter, "Learn, learn, learn." And so you think, "Well, okay, you know, even if I don't see these things, I can learn," and then and then he says. Uh, but if then we, if we keep arguing with him, he says, well, <clears throat> you're telling us to learn something, but you see these things by some gift of being able to see into the unseen. And then he would tell us, I'm pretty sure, because it's what he does, he says that the Prophet said, if it were not for the, the bouleversement, the sort of agitation of your hearts, you would see what I see. And Ibn Abi takes that, he says, if, if, if you, you would see what I see, if you were not so agitated of heart. So he has given us all of these techniques, like put get these multiple swords and start cutting your lower self and, and start uh, going into battle with your lower self. And if you do these things, then you'll be also someone who can see what he can see. Okay, These people will see with their faculty while awake, what the sleepers see in their sleep. And of course, this is also that stereo vision we talked about, the faith eye and the sensory eye, both of them working together, sees see things that other people cannot see. So you, you can see it by the eye of faith and the sensory eye, or the sensory eye and an eye that sees behind, into the, behind the veils. Okay. So we'll, uh, let's have Klaus read this poem that Ibn Arabi has, and then we'll go to the ilahi. Thank you.
6: O sleeper! How dull you are! So sleepy! While you're being called, be alert! The Divine would take your place for what he called you to, if you fell asleep. But your heart is asleep, so what he called you to and alerted you to in the world of existence which will destroy you, however much you are dead to him. So look to your soul before your journey. Your provision is suspect.
2: shall <laughs> come. You have been sleeping CARAVAN I love. left You have alone You were not listening Now you are lost in the desert all alone Receive my wisdom, truly awaken. Come, not to mystic love, Allah, Allah. Receive my wisdom; is there speaking? Come, not to mystic love. Guard and awake you. The friend is asking, Do you desire the test of unity? In your name, you. So love your soul. If you but sing the mystic hymn of unity. Receive my wisdom, truly awaken. Come now to mystic love, Allah, Allah. Receive my wisdom, Elijah is speaking. Come now to mystic love. Why are you seeking? Where are you going? Surrounded by the radius of Allah here is a true power leading to union, I accompanied by the mystic of Allah. Receive my wisdom, truly awaken, come now to mystic love, Allah, Allah, Receive In my wisdom, Jesus is speaking. Come now to me, take love. Come now to me, take love.
0: Thank you. Uh, Let's look at that third line of the poem. The divine would take your place for what he called you to if you fell asleep. So this falling asleep, Then, if you fall asleep, and it comes at you, and it's outside of your ability, but you've been put to sleep, you've been fallen to, fell to sleep, then the divine will take your place. And this is from the, uh, the guidance that when you go on a journey, you say, Allah be my Khalifa for the ones I've left behind. So be my Khalifa, that is stand in my place and take care of the family that I'm leaving behind as I'm going out on a journey. So if uh, you were called and you are responding to that call and taking the journey, then Allah says that Allah will be the Khalifa, the Caliph, or the one acting behind you to take care of the family left behind. So that's how that works, um, and. Yeah, I, I I only I looked at this. I brought this. I found this passage. I well came across this passage of just a few days ago, and I and I said this has to go into it. So I took out three slides and put in this one, and and you'll know I guess um, who we're talking about here. But um, the so we just look at the the first one is the is the definition of a mirage. It's a ladder, so a ladder or series of steps, a thing resembling a daraja that is a ladder, just your standard ladder, upon which the souls ascend when they are taken from their bodies. It is said that there is nothing more beautiful than it, so that when the soul sees it, she cannot refrain from making her exit from the body. So this is seeing this beautiful ladder and you cannot refrain from climbing this ladder. And then this other definition down here is Khadid, which is uh, beautiful, what a choice of words Ibn Abi has here, something placed in the ground. So when a gift of food was brought to Muhammad, وسلم, he, not finding anything upon which to put it, said, place it on the ground, meaning the earth, adding, for I am only a slave, I eat as the slave eats. So this chapter that we're looking at, 307, I guess, uh, Learn, my dear friend, that God made from the sky to this earth ascending ladders to the count of the created beings. That is, each person, each of us has a ladder, which is uh, a, it's an ascending ladder. We each have it, each individual. And there is no place in the skies to place a foot, except it is inhabited by an angel who is celebrating the praises of God and remembering who, using whatever has been defined for him as his dhikr. And learn that God has in the earth, angels of this kind also, never rising to the sky. So these are the angels that never go up to the sky, ever. And there's an angelic family in the skies who never descend to the earth, ever. Each has learned his solat, his prayer, and his tasbih, his celebration of God. So let me go ahead and put this over here. So this, uh, I came across this thinking also about Ibn Arabi talking to his father. Uh, and this is the passage that I came through this, to this chapter here. Uh, Thereupon the arif, the arif is one who recognizes the divine everywhere. Thereupon the arif, the divine command, this amr ilahiya. So this amr, this command that's coming through, up and down through this ladder for each individual. This divine command clothes him in vestments of beautiful courtesy. And the divine presence is in his reception of the vestments as also light and splendor, all that which the divine command will use to ascend him along his ladder. So this is the cloak that's put on top, a cloak of light and Baha'i, splendor, which is what will be used by the divine command to ascend up this ladder. The angels of the upper skies are in wonder, amazed. God stuns his, animal, his, his, his animals, his angels with him. Uttered is, this one is a slave placed in the ground. So that's that word, Khalid placed in the ground, and placed in the lowest of the low, asfala sa'afilin, compared to all of you angels. But his alighting place had no effect on him. And his home place had no force over him, and the manifold veils of his did not veil him from me. He pierced through all, pierced through every veil, and he looked at me, and he received from me. So how would he be if he was like all of you angels, with no coarse element-based light-blocking veils? Then the audience listening, the angels, begin to utter, Subhanaka, glory be to you. This is your supreme goodness, singled out for whoever you wish from among your worshiping creatures as a gracious gift from you and merciful kindness. And you are the one possessing tremendous goodness. Okay. Now I need to make sure that we've got this sound. Now we've got now we've got this out. Yeah, on on, <clears throat> on Saturday night, after all my, every one of my dreams, I was, what no eye has seen and no ear has heard. So I think that's the nothing was said, nothing was heard. <laughs> so, okay. Okay, thank you. So um, go ahead and, and uh, put raised hands or chats or whatever. We have a few minutes to, uh, uh, we can talk about things, so.
4: Shweb, I have a quick question. It's yeah. Rahmana.
0: Yes, hello, Rachmana. Hello.
4: So I heard the word Baha'i mm-hmm.
0: for splendor. Mm-hmm.
4: Is that the same word as for the Baha'i brethren?
0: Yes, yes, yes. So Baha'u'llah and Baha'i. Yeah, so Baha'i is the splendor. And I think in the Elahi, it's, it's, it's what we say is splendor, I think, is the word that's being translated. So, yeah, so that's Baha'i Thank or Baha'u'llah you. and Baha.
4: Do there are a couple of questions in the chat box
0: okay, okay let's like, um, good yeah so uh why is the dream associated with the gender of femininity and not masculinity yeah that's that's going to be a, a huge uh, huge thing to explore because um in a sense, in I think in the West, is it sometimes, well, if we have the moon as feminine, and so um, I know that some of the sort of archetypes are that the moon is feminine, and from a male point of view that, you know, confusing and we don't know what she really wants and what she really means and all these kinds of things. (laughs) So, uh, but in Arabic, the moon is masculine. So kind of that throws that out the window. So that's, that's something And the sun then is feminine in Arabic. So, so, uh, it's just going to be a, a very, uh, loaded and, and, and have lots of things from all different perspectives. So there's not one, uh, one thing and not the other. So, um, and certainly, uh, Part of the thing that the dream teaches is <clears throat> the place beyond, um, beyond gender and beyond uh, identities and beyond. Um, who I think I am, and all these kinds of things. So certainly we're moving into that. But yeah, that's it's, I've, I keep watching this with Ibn Arabi with the moon and the sun being um, masculine and feminine, and then the same way with uh, letters. Uh, letters have gender, um, and sometimes he switches the gender just so that he can keep you saying, this is very fluid, everyone, so don't go fix that the Ra is feminine or not masculine, because sometimes she's masculine, and sometimes she's feminine. Um, and that's why he does that also in the law, he says, when he's man- menstruating, so when, the, when he's menstruating, he should, you know, and so you've got, so you're saying, okay, this is clearly not something that is, uh, we're gonna be stuck in a, in a gender or a biology. How does Ibn Abi say, what about the swords that we bat our lower selves with? Well, this is, um, <clears throat> You know throughout the the photo hat uh, that he 's very much always giving us very practical advice, so the swords that battle the lower selves are all the practical advice of <clears throat> for instance service and things like that uh, that the ways that we learn uh, not to put ourselves forward um, and Remember we had, uh, oh yeah, we had Fatima Binti Imam Mathana from Sevilla, when she says, uh, you know, I don't know why God has has chosen me and and, and me who is just like uh, a child of, of, of Adam Eve, you know, I'm just like everyone else. So that's a very, it's very clear that throughout, and, and most of our societies I think have forgotten that or have lost it, that we're all the same we're all in the same boat uh that we're all children of adam eve and so no one is physically or you know better than anyone else and therefore since we're not physically better better than anyone else um we that that's a that's a good way to become humble instead of thinking i'm so so great so he always has that and and rice this idea of head very important because you know, you chop the head off uh, when there's a problem, and uh, and then he also has this tekalaba, uh, which is fighting between each other like dogs. So there's like dog fights. He said, "Why are you guys fighting?" You know, I just and so he just he looks at that and he says, "That's, can you now see that that's your lower self? So whatever sword it takes, get rid of it. Work on it." <laughs> um, so And so there's no physical ascension for us, then how do you describe ascension to us in the sky and divine ascension? So Ibn Arabi is saying that, that, the, that the night ascension of, of, of the Prophet ﷺ uh, was physical because uh, that's how he felt desolate. And so he called out and he, when he heard the voice of Abu Bakr, he was uh, comforted he says that the rest of his ascensions were dream ascensions and those are the ascensions that we have dream ascensions Um, and so but because everything that we're seeing in those worlds is based on what we have experienced in this world and that's why when we come from pre-eternity am i not your cherisher we say yes and come into the to the fetus in the womb we need to be there for one day or and, or we need and one day from there all the way up to hundred years walking around on the earth. That's the period, some period in there, in order to gain enough uh, data so that when you are in the imaginal world, you can see things using the data that you have. So you have to see the color red, so that when you see something over there, that's you can say, "Oh, that's red," based on what I saw when I was here. So that's how. Um, that's why. It sounds very physical and palpable because Ibn Arabi is saying you're, you're basing this on what you've seen here in the dream world. And does the dream world, uh, what effect of it has? He says, yes, the dream world can come back and smack you in the, your body while you're sleeping and you wake up with the scream or you have a sex dream or all these things. So, so that's the effect of this place on this physical body. Okay. Yeah, uh, so, and then, oh, uh, Khatija, the third line, of that last poem, I talked about Allah replacing one. Yeah, this is really, I just saw it today. So the idea is that, that so he's saying if you're asleep, but he said, but if you're asleep this way, in other words, if Allah puts you to sleep, and it's not just your drowsily dull, see, that was the thing that when we had that poem, that dullness, so it's not the dullness or you're just sort of mosing along and blah, no, it's bonk, you're put to sleep. And so that's because, Allah knows full well our configuration. So we're put to sleep so that we will have the true dream. And that if you're in this situation, while you are exploring, journeying through the dream world, the family left behind, which is your body and the people next to you, they will be taken care of by a khalifa, which is Allah. So khalifa, Caliph, khalifa, means min khalf from behind. So the Khalifa is the one who, from behind him, someone's acting. So here's Adam, and then behind Adam, the Khalifa, Allah, is acting. So if you go on a journey, the dua that you give is, you say, Allah be my Khalifa, so act from behind me, for my family, when I am gone. And so, when I fall asleep in this way, and I'm journeying to the other world, then be my Khalifa to take place and guard my body and the family while I'm gone. And this is Ibn Arabi says, and that's how when uh, he says that someone could roll over and injure a baby. And he says, and I've seen this myself. So it could injure a baby and I've seen this myself and then wakes up in order to take care of that. So that is this overseeing part of us. And that's that when we're journeying someone, Allah, or he'll give a, angel will be there to make sure that your body and your family of the body is safe. And that's the Khalifa. And it's so beautiful because Khalifa, we always think of human beings having Allah acting behind them. Well, what this is, is Allah with a human being acting behind them. So he he loves to give us, who's the Khalifa here? So, uh, and Nasri, I think from Malaysia, inshallah, is dream des- describe the reality of what we can't see or what's going to happen. So, predictive dreams or what's actually happening. So, what we kind of call uh, the sort of wish fulfillment dreams today, uh, those are in a sense daydreams or things that we've cobbled together. We've put them together in order to seize things. Um, And so, and those can also seem predictive. So this is again, if it's my lower self, which is in charge of this dream, then it's a fantasy, it's a daydream, um, and I might have all sorts of thoughts about it. Um, Those will not be an integrated dream because I've not been integrated. It's only been a part of me, this lower self that's been making this dream happen. And then the predictive aspect is that all dreams are true. And so when they come, they are, the bird holds them in the claws. And as the bird is flying, um, if it's something bad, then I don't want to say it. And I need to spit to the left and not speak and let the bird carry it off. So it was true. It was predicting something. But because I didn't, um, what do you call that, sort of embody it or incorporate it or make it real, it flew off. But if I try to make it real, then boom, it falls and, and, it, and it hits the ground. And so then it happens. And so this is part of why uh, when, the, when the person came to the Prophet and wanted to confess uh, the adultery or whatever they had done that night. And the Prophet was very angry because he said, the, you know, why are you saying this? The angels have spent the entire night covering up what you've done and now you're speaking it. So this is why we don't. We watch what we say. The Sufis are very careful about watching words because words make things happen. And so you want to not put out there things that shouldn't be said. And I'm translating the word munkar, when you have munkar and ma'aruf. So munkar is like uh, bad things, but it's actually unspeakable things, things that shouldn't be spoken about because when they're spoken about, then they, tr- they gain a reality. And we see this politically with the internet. The moment you know, people used to have bad thoughts about other people, but they didn't say them because it was unspeakable. And you don't say that in polite society. And now we go, you get on the internet, and they're like, oh, that guy said it, so now I can say it. And they say, all this garbage stuff comes out. This is why it's called unspeakable, <laughs> at least today. Maybe 100 years ago, we can call it the unmentionable or the, the bad or some other translation. <laughs> Hmm. Um, uh Nicole, uh, a question from the source of no, you are not going to know. Um, uh, can we look at that let's look at that another time. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and look at it and try to uh, see what, see what comes up with that. Okay, can
4: I ask
1: a question? Yes please please Yes. Yeah.
7: sorry. go um, on.
1: I just wanted to ask a question on, you know, the concept of the Sahaleh, the integrated person that you talk about. um, And I suppose it's combining everything. When you say that people might dream for another person, is that because the other person isn't quite at that integrated level to be able to receive the dreams themselves? Um, Or also, could it be linked to when you just mentioned earlier about we need to have the data from... Kind of this world, and if we haven't, we can't connect it to what we've seen, um, and therefore we can't interpret or even remember it. Does, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, this is something to turn over to Baki, probably. <laughs> 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 well, just, I mean, just in, in, to, I think all of those are true. Sometimes the other person is not a good dreamer. So if you if someone is not trained and practiced with the dream, they might not remember dreams very well, and so it's certainly true that to that when the Prophet ﷺ is saying, "Did anyone dream anything last night?" What he's doing is he's making everyone say, "I hope I dream something tomorrow," because look how happy he was when someone dreamed something. So it is something you're trained to do. You have to look for dreams. I get the the ones that are powerful, you know, three every few years. I mean, so, but you've got to look every day for them, every night for them. So there is something about someone dreams something because the other person wasn't, isn't able to remember dreams very well. But second is that they see things that the other person might not have. They have data that the other person might not have. And that happens within communities. So the community, someone is, who knows what the community needs, receives a dream And then says that, and and then and then that has that received by someone else. That person said, "I had this dream, but I have no idea what it means." Then this person says, "Knowing what the community has with data and what it needs, um, your dream is saying this." And so, and so, both of those are both of those are are the case, I think. Um, But it's certainly, um, and then of course. So we're, we get so excited about all these things. We want all these things. And then, then we have the people who are poo-pooing us, saying, oh, they're just talking about dreams and imagination. So, but then it's so reassuring that Ibn Arabi says, we've got that in my day, too. in <laughs> you know? uh, the same way with fiqh, with uh, the Islamic law. Uh, interpretations, Ibn Arabi says, you know, and they do this and they do that, don't they? Know that the principle of law is that it should be easy. <laughs> he just gets so upset at everyone. I said, "Good, someone's talking about this finally, <laughs> so that's good." Omar oh, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
3: I have, um, I have an nagging question. It might be a very stupid one, but it's really nagging on me. Um, what, what makes the form? What makes the pixels? more stable in this state as compared to the dream state or other imaginary state behind behind the curtain they're not fully stable in the state obviously because we've seen that the stake the stick and the snake uh that think can share these two pixels or these two forms or the eye or or what you know or consciousness can share these two forms so obviously they're not 100% stable but nonetheless, we live in a much more stable reality, in formal, stable as the form, as the pixels, as compared to the others. And you know, we take it for granted. Yeah, of course, you know, this is physics, so so this is not gonna change. We take it for granted. But really, I mean, going beyond that, what makes it more stable? What what relationship with the essence, what consciousness or awareness makes this so stable? To the extent that if we want to change it, we can't.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's that's that whole the, the big question about uh, mechanical classical physics and quantum mechanics. You know, quantum physics. That where, and where is the line? That's that's the that's where the question is coming from, because we 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 learn that these are learned. Uh, it's we learn that the world is stable because when we come into this world, we don't think it's stable. And we don't think that uh, we know lots of things, but we don't think that uh, that X is caused by Y. We don't think we don't think that there's cause and effect that's just ironed in. Um, and so, the 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 this idea of 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 why we see stability, part of it is this in Arabic, the sabab, the asbab, And these are ropes. They're not just reasons or motives or motivators, they're ropes. And so Allah has set down ropes saying, this is how things work. If this happens, this will happen. But that setting down of ropes, that that gives us the idea that there's stability. And at some point, we begin to think that the ropes are, are so fixed because they keep doing the same thing. Um, and so then we have to be able to see beyond the ropes and say that someone put that rope into place. And so, uh, so there's that, but then the, and the idea of why, why the quantum world is so very different than this classical world. One of the answers is that the classical world is doing things so many times over and over and over again that each individual moment, it was quantum, but in the aggregate, they come together and you say, Oh, that's, that's what, that's something that happened. So we're seeing, and, and it probably says we're, we, we don't see that the time is quanta. These are different measurements. These are quantum, 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 quantum pieces of time. And, but we see them as a series of times. And so, and the series is that every pixel then becomes like it or not like it, the next pixel. So, so that, so, So so if we were to go way down to the femtosecond, way down to the tiniest pieces of time, we would say, oh, here's a pixel that's red, and now it's going to blue, or now it's going to orange. So it's going to something like it or something not like it. And we think, oh, wow, it's, it's a very unstable world. Who knows what that pixel is going to be next? But if you think about the femtosecond, that means that there's 10 to the 15 quantums happening in one second. So this chemical reaction or something, um, at every moment it's it's unstable and it's a new thing. It's a new creation. But once you take ten to the fifteen, trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of these events in one second, then we say, oh look, it's very stable because there wasn't anything really dramatic that happened. So we're, so, and that's, and so, and so, stability is over a long stretch of time. And Ibn Abi keeps cautioning us about that, and he says that when the Sufis say, when you say, you said, the first you is not the same as the second you. So it's a training to say, on the long run, it looks like this person is a good person, this person is a bad person, but at the moment-to-moment level, it's completely open of what's happening. So we're, we're encouraged not to be judgmental, not to think that there's stability, because they could change at any second. So that it's sort of like, I think, I think the aggregation, this, this huge accumulation of events, all of them very slightly different from the, next, the last one, uh, gives us the impression that it's solid and unchanging and immutable. But, um, and it is in one way, but it's not in the other way. So, yeah, no, it's a very nagging question. <laughs> it's a good, one. <laughs> it's Thank you. Uh, I think Richard has a, has a hand up. Let's.
8: Yeah, uh, just a couple of general points about sleep and dreaming, uh, not directly related to what he said, but just general points. I don't know if you're familiar with Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep, and this man is, has made groundbreaking research on to the physiological reasons why we sleep. And in sh- short, he has demonstrated that we absolutely have to sleep. It's as important as drinking and eating and breathing, which hasn't, wasn't appreciated until his work. And in particular, he establishes also the importance of dreaming within sleep, because as you know, we have non-rem sleep and we have rem sleep and the more important they're both important you can't you need both but the one you really need if you, if you like is rem sleep dreaming sleep and then i don't know if you're familiar with the work of bernardo castro do you know him no bernardo Castrop's a man well worth looking at so he is uh, ploughing a very lonely furrow i think as a Uh, philosopher, he's trying to establish idealism as the only reasonable, sensible philosophy. So he, to his own satisfaction, and he's very persuasive in his arguments, shows there's only mind, there's nothing else. One universal mind, everything else, everything else is just some sort of manifestation of this, but it's actually mind. So, all you see, he's saying, is you only see mind. And one of the, of course, he says, for most people, this is very, going to be very difficult to understand. But as a way of trying to persuade people, this is a reasonable way of looking at things. He says, look at dreams. When you're in a dream, things look very solid and real. But of course, they're not because they're just dreams. So, what you're seeing in a dream clearly, clearly, is just mind appearing and dressed up as if it's solid. Well, actually, when you're awake, he said, it's the same thing. So he does focus, he's got a lot more to say about dreams, but he does use it as an argument to help people come into his way of thinking that dreams then, the, the real world, the waking world is also in a sense, a dream. And so if you think that things look very solid in this life, waking world, well, you thought so when you were asleep as well, didn't you? So why, why, why are you now persuaded they're solid? So well worth looking at the work of Bernardo Castrop. Uh, unfortunately, I think, well, not unfortunately, a lot of what he says, in my view, corresponds with and is consistent with the ideas that we're looking at. But he does not seem yet himself to have spotted this, and uh, I think I want to alert him to it. But yeah, have a look at Bernardo Castro.
0: Very good, very good, thank you. Yeah, and when they talk about the that holographic universe, the idea is that it's all two-dimensional, but we supply the depth. That is, that we are the ones who say, we, we, we fill in that there must be depth. And again, this is what infants already know. So infants come out knowing that there is depth, because they are coming from being able to see, you see a picture, and you know there's something behind that picture. And that's something that, the, but there's not anything really behind that picture. You filled in that there's something behind that picture. Yeah.
1: Um, I wanted to. I'll look for this okay. one definitely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, sure. I wanted to answer why, which I don't have the answer really. So I think we should pose a question to Shaka Faria about why do people get dreams for other people? What came to me is we are a mystical body. So we are all related. And uh, so some dreams come for to us for the community, not only for us. And uh, we all remember dreams that are uh, affecting more than what is going on in our own home family. Um, What also came to me is we may receive a dream for someone very close who may be in poor health or not able to remember, as you said, you know, Um, but... um, And some people may have um, an ability for it, you know, being more open, I don't know. Like, some people are open to other things. So I really think we need to ask maybe Ali who is present here, if he knows, because I think Ali may have a better idea than me, and I don't know if he's still here. But we'll ask Sheka also.
0: Yeah, I think that's the idea, the society's, Uh, often can have a role that these are the dreamers for that society and uh, you know we have someone who's who's a dreamer for the community and just somehow is is just the the membrane is very thin and they pass into that state and they see these dreams that um, it's a gift and it's a it's a role that they can then play in the mystic body yeah. Uh, Ali Rahman are you are you here right now? I'm not sure.
6: Hi, I. Oh. Alaikum, I. Baki dropped out, I only said that maybe I heard Ali Rahman can no. I didn't get the question.
0: Oh yeah, about about the uh, that the that there's this. We know from the hadith that people are dreaming. Sometimes the dream that they dream is for someone else, and so they dream a dream for someone else. And we're we're looking more at that. Um, you know why that is? Is it because not everyone can remember their dreams or is there is it dreaming for the mystic body or all, all of these
6: questions? I, I think that what I heard from Sheikha saying about Effendi, I think they're both and maybe more simultaneously happening mm-hmm. because that's why when a dream happens in a community, waking dream or uh, waking vision or sleeping vision, sleeping means that we are in a uh, sleep and Uh, we share in the community some we don't share because he uh, the reason we don't share maybe uh, might put on somebody in a a spotlight in a certain way that they may not be in front of community maybe not conducive for their well-being so that's why we avoid those but mostly we share dream because Effendi said that dreams is for a whole community it's like a banquet you go there and you can only take as much as you can, like only you can put so much flour on a pizza dough, only gonna take as much as it needs. you can put more or less so dream is like that, I think it's it's multi dimensional it's both personal and for the whole community and also for the cosmos and unicos, it goes all the way. It's a banquet. how much you can take, and in what level one can eat, I may be allergic to something, but maybe you maybe benefit from that so. I think that this, this, uh, this appearing and disappearing is such a fantastical uh, uh, frequency that is, it's uncomprehensible for me. I mean, I'm, I can only calculate maybe three zeros. Beyond that, I cannot. So uh, I feel that this, it's like a binary code, zeros and one. Every time is on and off. It's on, you can have combination of zeros and ones in in ways, in Allah's hand, it's infinitely uh, possible and then combination of zeros and ones, we come on at the same time, we are in the same uh, uh, kind of resonance but completely different frequencies. Completely, so every time we come on, even though it's Shoaib is Shoaib, Ali Rahman is Ali Rahman, but it's the combination of zeros and ones that comes on every moment, like one to ten to the power of uh, minus 28 or one to the power of minus 28. In that frequency, I feel that every time it's a new combination of a binary code of zeros and ones what's on, what's off in every one of us, and so the dream is safe because uh, not waking visions, but the sleeping vision, sleeping dream is safe because I feel that bypasses our ego, Inshallah, Inshallah. But Effendi said the dream is for a whole community.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank I, you. I, I think I do, do what you said, well, you said everything you said, but that last one, yeah, that um, it bypasses that lower self, it bypasses the ego. And that's the difference. And so that's the training that until you're trained to be able to see these dreams while awake, um, the safest place is to see them while you're asleep. Yeah. Um, and, yeah um, and i
6: understand any language based on the vocabulary i have from that language and the knowledge i have that language and dream is a language right. and there are people that are expert in this language and Sheikh faria says from Effendi, dream is like a it was a matrix you enter this hallway it's full of all kind of doors which door do you open to that dream it takes that reality it creates that sacred geometry and resonance and becomes multiple reality and that's why uh, we don't interpret our dream, which is the hardest not to interpret ourselves. And that's why we share our dream with our guide, with our sheikhs. And they open the door that is most relevant for us in that moment. And they're guided to do that because they are hires of the prophet. It's like you are, like Ibn Arabi. They're all higher of that one single love that emanates itself as everything.
1: beautiful Thank you.
0: No wonder. That's why I love to sit next to Ali Rahman. Everything comes to me. You can go from love to 10 to the negative 28. You think, well, <laughs> it's
6: beautiful. Well, the thing is that, you know, I was, somebody asked, uh, especially Zati, bless her soul. Bless her soul. I can't believe it. She asked what's love and sentimentality uh, in one of the sects. I thought of would. I thought, then I saw that love is not time bound. And, uh, and Safed says, love is only in loving love. Mm-hmm. Love is in love with itself. And that's why I say that we worship the wine for wine itself, wine here being, uh, being love. Mm-hmm. And then so what sentimental love is an objective love, yeah. love that is an object. Love itself is only object itself. That's why it's always an ING, loving, awarenessing, being, uh, it's always an ING. And that's uh, what love is and completely t- uh, free of time, space, all of, that, all of that. An objective love, which is necessary to steer up for us to get close by the things that by lowliness and dependency. And that's the role of the sentimental love. But sentimental love, when we see the footprint, we see that acknowledgement of beloved past, but the footprint doesn't let us see what we we know we don't that's why Rumi says he doesn't know what love is but he's one person he couldn't stop love uh, writing about love and people say we don't know anything but they write so much paradoxical thank you
0: <laughs> that's beautiful yeah <laughs> okay, I understand so much more thank you <laughs> oh goodness Goodness. Well, and, and Martha, Martha, you just got the beautiful explanation answer to your question. It's a buffet and some food people are you can't eat certain foods, gluten sensitive, <laughs> allergic, whatever. And so someone else has to eat that for them and tell them this is what you're eating. So there it is. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much. So good to see you. Oh, uh, from New Orleans. Yeah, please. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so th-
4: from last time you were talking about um dependency and humility or loneliness. i've been thinking about that and um, i have a i have a struggle with sort of try, pretending to be humble in order to try and seduce allah but in the, the back of my mind i'm like haha i'll be humble and then allah will go go I'll, I'll get him um, and i don't really know how to how to work with that because it it always seems to be a false humility. But how to achieve a genuine humility without a without a goal of getting this attention? I was wondering if you had anything uh, to say on that.
0: <laughs> you know, that's that's the ten thousand pages of the Futuhat. <laughs> because every time you say every time he says, this is good, that is, it's good to to flee, like flee things that are not good for you, whatever. And then he says, and then it's good not to flee. <laughs> and he says, and it's good to be patient. And then he says, and then it's good to be not patient. And so everything that looks like it's good one way has its opposite. So that's just the whole story of our lives is that is that everything that sounds good, uh, like uh, humility and patience, and, and all of these, and thankfulness, there are also times when it's appropriate not to be thankful, not to be humble, not to be, and so and so. he definitely understands that our selves are quite wise and quite uh, intelligent and quite uh, strategic. They're figuring out how to make us do different things. And so these selves uh, definitely to, to that it's a long work with them. And that's why he says that there's one, in a sense he said, there's one sort of guidance and then there's the many, many sorts that go to your lower self. So it's, there's just not one and you don't just cut it off and then that's it. It's it's there tomorrow as well. So <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank you all, it's so beautiful to see everyone and may Allah bless you all. And uh, so good to see Alhamdulillah